It's Tuesday, August 30th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Mark Reith, and joining me in studio today from Stock Advisor Canada, Taylor Muckerman. Long time no see, Taylor. I'm back. I know, and it's great to have you. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about, including some bad news for Apple. Plus, Mondelez is walking away from Hershey. But let's begin with earnings from Abercrombie. Uh, the apparel retailer shares are down 20% today Whoa. after the after the company <laughs> announced second quarter earnings. I'm going to take a wild guess. Things didn't go well for Abercrombie this quarter. This is the 14th straight quarter. Things haven't gone all that well for Abercrombie and Fitch. Um, I don't know what else to say other than Wolf. I mean, my goodness, it's 20 percent. How many days has that stock been down 20 percent? I'm willing Too to many. say it's yeah, it's more than you can hold in your hand. It's a roller coaster ride, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, Abercrombie, you know, Abercrombie. We we talk about apparel retailers all the time. We were talking before the show. This is a tale as old as time for these retailers. Mm-hmm. Abercrombie seems to be even worse off than many of these retailers because it's in this weird gray area of staples clothing, just you know, jeans and shirts yep. that you just buy on the reg. But I'm not going to Abercrombie for those things. I'm going to somewhere cheaper, like the Gap or Old Navy, sure. who constantly have those discounts. And Abercrombie doesn't have discounts anymore. They're trying to back off from that. And Abercrombie, on the other hand, isn't fashionable enough for me to, you know, really spend the dough there. I could go to H&M and mm-hmm. get something probably a lot better looking for around the same price. Not covered in logos. Not covered in giant eagles, yeah. right? Is it Abercrombie? No, it's the American Eagle. What's Abercrombie's logo? Exactly. No one cares. <laughs> Is it a moose? It's probably a moose. It's yeah. probably something like that. So Abercrombie uh, again is just suffering from being in this weird mm-hmm. position on a market that overall is suffering as well. Yeah, it really is. I mean, there's just so many. It's it's not that hard to come out with an apparel company anymore these days, and you can advertise it pretty easily. And then online sales, um, that's kind of where they're trying to focus, but mm. they're just not there yet. And you need to be, um, especially with Amazon starting to design its own clothes and sell on Amazon.com. Obviously, not under the brand Amazon.com. There's, they're kind of just dis- describing them as a normal retailer would, with like more brand-friendly names, sure. but they're Amazon brands, um, and they're cheaper, and they're shipped for free. And so, yeah, you have you have this company that tries to focus on teens, but yet they're not even resonating online in an area that teens thrive in, as far as social media is concerned. You see a lot more brands with a lot more followers, and that's really a key for online your online presence, because you get to see what people look like in the clothes. Um, you get to see celebrities in the clothes, and I don't know of any celebrity that's sponsored by Abercrombie and Fitch. <laughs> that's kind of a sad celebrity. <laughs> Steve Buscemi, he's uh, sponsored <laughs> by Abercrombie, and yeah, as you said, Abercrombie's been trying to uh, get into the the online area. And to their credit, you know, and this was a quote from their their earnings statement: direct to consumer sales. So those are online sales uh, grew to approximately twenty three percent of total company sales mm-hmm. for the second quarter. That's up from twenty one percent in the same quarter last year. Again, that's not bad. But is that growing relative to in-store sales because in-store sales are falling or because online sales are growing? I didn't look at the overall numbers, but yeah, the percentages are growing, so maybe that's a a slight light at the end of the tunnel. Um, It's a dark tunnel, though. It is. I mean, they're trying to remodel stores in the Hollister brand um, and then trying to roll out new store formats um, in the Abercrombie brand that kind of emulate what the Hollister has seen, I guess, because maybe sales are a little bit better there. Um, But for me, I just have these terrible memories of even just walking past those stores with the scent of the cologne and perfume just combating each other from opposite sides of the stores, giving me a headache. Mm-hmm. And the giant shirtless models out <laughs> yeah. front. Yeah, that yeah was... you're selling shirts with shirtless <laughs> models. 
Brilliant. How is this business struggling? No My idea. God. So, okay. So, is Abercrombie is down 20% today. Yep. Is there any value there? Maybe, you know, it's cheap. Maybe now's mm-hmm. the time to get in, or are you just avoiding Abercrombie? It could be cheap, but I mean, 14 <laughs> straight quarters, what does that work out to? Over three years of declining comps? Too long. Yes, too long. That is way say. too long. Um, and you've you've seen problems in man within management mm-hmm. uh, there, so yeah, it's gonna it's if it, even if it is a value, I'm still on the fence until you see somewhat of a turnaround because right now that's one of the more unlikely things I see happening over the next few years. It's gonna be a no for me as well, yes. and it was a no for Mondelez uh, with this Hershey's uh, purchase. So Mondelez International, it's the maker of uh, Oreo cookies, Cadbury chocolates, whole bunch of snacks mm-hmm. out there, uh, was pursuing Hershey. Uh, the chocolate company uh, for uh, for a takeover bid. Uh, in fact, Mondelez offered twenty three billion in a cash and stock bid to Hershey back in June. Hershey said no, uh, and today Mondelez has announced that they are no longer going to pursue. Uh, that bid any further. Now, this uh, we were talking about the show before the show. This. On its own, seems like a regular old story. Two mm-hmm. companies, you know, passing in the night. One trying to acquire the other, and it just didn't work yep. out. But there's more to it, especially with Hershey, yeah, than, than meets the eye. Tell me a little bit about why Hershey said no to this deal. So this was a bit of discovery for me as well. Apparently, it's majority owned, heavily majority owned. About 81 percent of the voting shares are owned by uh, Hershey Trust, mm-hmm. uh, a charity um, that runs the amusement park. It runs a school. And also runs the voting at Hershey, the the publicly traded company. So, um, they they're not having any of it. They said no. Well, yeah. and and yeah. So the trust was set up by Milton Hershey mm-hmm. to to run a school as a charity. You yep. know, and it was a great idea at first. Now the trust is held on to, as you said, eighty one percent of the voting rights uh, over at Hershey. Uh, they have announced that they will not accept anything. I believe it was under one hundred twenty five dollars per yep. share. And the recent uh, the recent bid was one fifteen raised from one oh seven. Right. Yeah. And so uh, obviously shareholders who can vote, the nineteen percent who can vote. <laughs> They're voting with their feet uh, today. Uh, shares are down a bit for Hershey's, uh, but again, it's tough to break through when 81% of the company's voting stock is held by a group of 10 people. Yep, I, I believe I it think is. that's right. Uh, and to that point, actually, uh, there have been some legal troubles mm-hmm. there as well, uh, with the Attorney General of Pennsylvania getting involved here. So maybe there's the possibility of something changing at Hershey. I don't, do you know that story a little bit better than I do? Well, I think they're just they're trying to revamp the board and management mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, um, because they've kind of come under pressure about there maybe some elaborate spending going on mm. uh, within the charity, something around the lines of like it's a twelve billion dollar charity, and um, I guess they've just been either compensation wise or perk wise they've been spending a little bit too much um, for the attorney general of Pennsylvania to feel comfortable um, as a charity, right? So mm. um, maybe these these shakeups are supposed to be set in place uh, by next summer. So that might be a time that you see another bid, but I would be surprised if you see this from any other company hmm. um, while the current structure is in place. And it just goes to show a key lesson here is know who owns the stock you own or that you're thinking about owning. Because we talked about yesterday with Herbal Life, it's just been a sparring match, ping ponging back and forth between uh, Bill Ackman and Carl Icahn, and the stock has really only moved based on what those two have done. Right. Um, more so in the favor of Carl Icahn, but. Um, it just really kind of removes valuation and fundamentals from the equation 
uh, especially with 81% of voting rights. Yeah, that's insane to me. You, If they're not on board, nothing's happening. Exactly, and just they're not on board. Yeah. yeah, and just just trying to make that money. What was it you said before the show? A charitable trust being a little dishonest? Yeah. What a shock. Never heard of such what a thing. What a twist. So, okay, so shares of Hershey's are down. Hershey is down a bit today. Mm-hmm. Mondelez is pretty steady. You know, Mondelez really doesn't come out of this uh, too shaken up. No, I think it's up just a little bit, right? So, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's up 3% today. Yeah. Uh, so, again, Hershey seems to come off the worst for wear, though, as you said, there's hope, you know, right around yeah. the corner next summer uh, when the board is revamped. Uh, once you get, you get some new blood in there, maybe you get some new initiatives, some new spending, uh, it could actually turn out to be not a bad thing for Hershey because, again, uh, when you're one of the shareholders, one of the 19% here uh, who really doesn't feel like you have a say in your company, yep. you want to see that shake up up top. And maybe you start getting encouraged by that. Maybe you start buying more shares of Hershey. Do you see something like that happening next summer when, when Hershey shares th- shakes things up? It's certainly possible, especially after this sell-off. I mean, twenty percent—that's kind of just loading the spring a little bit mm. um, for a potential, yeah, potential jump off. Um, because obviously, shareholders have liked the company um, up until now, and so you've seen the bid pull back, so the shares dropped uh, below a hundred dollars. Now, I think it was where they're at. So, it might be something to look at, but still, I mean. 81% of the voting rights. I, I doubt anything like this is going to happen before anything shakes up. So you're probably removing yourself from any risk of another takeover bid failing. Right. But um, yeah, at least you want to understand who's running your company a little bit better. I'm just disappointed that we didn't get the largest candy company in the world as a result of this. Mondelez plus Hershey's would have been the biggest candy company in the world. But of course, this breaks down a day after Willy Wonka himself, I know. Gene Wilder, uh, passes away. Yep, yep, very Rest sad. His soul. R.I.P. Amen. Okay, let's go on to Apple. Uh, lots of news for Apple today. None of it good, uh, as a EU commission concludes that Apple, and I'm quoting here, has received illegal state aid from Ireland. So basically, Ireland offered Apple a sweetheart deal that allowed Apple to unfairly, at least in the eyes of this commission, reduce its tax bill in a way that was not available to other companies. Mm-hmm. And as a result, you know, you see. Apple's European headquarters happens to be in Ireland now. What Absolutely, a coincidence. Yeah. Uh, so, this EU commission has come out and said, no, no, you're not allowed to do this, or you have to do this for other companies. Uh, and now, Apple is on the receiving end of what could be a very large tax bill. Yeah, it's uh, in the double-digit billions. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at uh, estimates probably around you know 14 to, to $19 billion. Um, and for that sounds like a huge sum, but for Apple and our cash balance, it's not that big. But it is still, uh, you know, it's a shot over the bow because this will be their tax rate moving forward too. Mm-hmm. So it, it definitely impacts future cash flows. Um, reports say that they paid about one percent tax on their European profits in 2003 and 0.005% on their European profits in 2014. So a downward slide in favor of Apple um, and. When you hear news like this, especially out of Ireland, it reminds me um, of the tax inversion deals mm-hmm. that you saw with some big pharma companies. Um, Allergen being formed out of tax inversion deals, then moving forward with about $90 billion in M&A over the last two years. Um, Mylon, who's under fire for their EpiPen right now, inverted back in February of 2015. 
Pfizer uh, tried to coordinate a deal, but the U.S. since cracked down on these inversions, so that fell through. But um, it makes me wonder what these companies might have in store for them um, after inverting, if it's still going to prove to be as lucrative as they thought. Um, maybe maybe the EU comes at, or the European Commission comes after them um, if they receive something favorable as well, although the history isn't there, so they wouldn't have quite as large of a tax bill. But um, Apple has given directly or indirectly about one and a half million jobs in Europe right mm-hmm. now. So this is a very big deal. And, and they didn't move to Ireland uh, for tax reasons originally. I mean, their first European factory was in Ireland back in 1980, I believe. So they've been there a while. But moving your headquarters there, um, taking advantage of these taxes, has, if these accusations are true, has been a, a decent boost for profits. Yeah, and you know, you made a great point earlier about this being a warning shot in what is seemingly turned into a, a, a kind of a, a war between government authorities mm-hmm. and these giant corporations. And it begs the question, and this was a question I was very well asked uh, over in the uh, Business Insider article that I'm quoting from, who runs the world, governments or giant corporations? In Apple's case, 90% of its foreign profits are legally channeled to Ireland mm-hmm. and then to subsidiaries that have no tax residence. And Apple is not the only company that does this. Oh, by far. By far, absolutely. It may be one of the bigger ones. Uh, And so the EU Commission and the EU in general coming down hard on Apple, uh, as you said, what does that mean for the smaller companies, the rest of the companies out there? We also constantly see the EU is always on Google's back, Mm -hmm. uh, especially right now. It's just the latest shot in this war of who's really in charge, governments. Or companies, sure, and and so the governments, you know, they have the ability to tax these companies. Companies have the ability to dodge those taxes. I mean, who wins at the end of the day? Probably not shareholders. We're all left holding the bag. It's a lot of uncertainty, and you know, in the long run, government will win if they want to win, sure, because I mean, they okay. can imply that they can apply this stuff retroactively as they're trying to do here, right? So, a, a corporation isn't going to come to the government being like, "Oh, well, I paid too many taxes for 25 years. I want some of that back." Mm-hmm. Um, they could try, but I doubt it'll work. Uh, They're not going to change the tax code within the U.S. government or the European government. Um, Only the government is going to do that. It might influence a little bit, but um, it just goes to show that, you know, now especially, that maybe the U.S. tax code for corporations, I mean, while it is still higher internationally, um, other countries still have the ability and the the decision-making power to you know, take money off of these companies' right. income statements at will. Um, both Ireland and Apple are challenging this, though, and the U.S. has spoken up in Apple and Ireland's favor. Mm-hmm. But um, well, the U.S. is speaking up in its favor because it wants the taxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. we, we want the taxes like, here. We were just about to have a tax holiday for <laughs> exactly, this, these yeah. guys because I did read an interesting stat saying that um, if you taxed all of Apple's profits. Uh, if they repatriated it, it would pay for the entire education budget of the United States for an, for a year. Jeez, Louise! That's how big this company is. Right? It's a, I mean, its market value is six hundred billion dollars yes. at this point. Maybe the first company to a trillion dollars. This is, I mean, it's just interesting. So, okay, so if you're a shareholder for Apple today, is this a big deal at the end of the day? I mean, maybe longer term repercussions, as you mm-hmm. said, the taxes are going to be a little bit higher on Apple. Maybe this you know, forces them to start thinking about repatriation in different ways. Uh, but as of today, you know, Apple's not really moving that much. Uh, but the tax bill, the immediate tax bill, could be as high as $19 billion, mm-hmm. which is not a small amount, even for Apple. Yeah, it's not trivial. It's not trivial. So, do, do you care? If you're an Apple shareholder today, and what should you do? Well, you know the appeals process is going to probably take a while, so they're going to hold this cash in escrow with in Ireland. So 
yes, Apple is losing it, but they're not losing it for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you've got the country fighting for them, but it does kind of overshadow the release of the of the new iPhone Seven a little bit. Mm. Um, and it, for me, I guess I don't really think it's a huge deal. Um, it does, you know, kind of shoot them in the foot a little bit sure. for, for this move to Ireland. Um, but the cash balance is is just at a degree where you might lose a quarter or two of a dividend hike at at most. Right. Um, so I wouldn't look into it too much. And because this process has been underway since like 2013, you're going to see this appeals process probably take a little while as well. So um, it's probably going to remove itself from the news cycle after the next week or so. Yeah, next week is the new iPhone. We're yeah. going to forget about this exactly. in, in four days. Yeah. So if they blow if they blow iPhone sales out of the water, or even if they beat estimates. Um, you could probably look past this uh, as a shareholder, but you want to keep it in the back of your head in case some in case something else does crop up. Um, but it's still well, it's still on its way to to becoming a bigger company. Um, maybe a little slower than people have been accustomed to, but it's Apple. It's Apple, yeah. and, and nothing's stopping it at this point. All right, Taylor Muckerman, thank you for being here. Absolutely, thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Molly Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Mark Reith. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.